Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zentegra Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more. Zentegra Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I got with me uh, Bill Sutton, the Director of Services as Integra. Bill, I think, was it last week you were off? You got some PTO in some time, or am I... Um... Uh, no, last week I was... No, I, I haven't had PTO for a couple of weeks, but last PTO I had was when I was down your way. Right okay. Jeff Pete on Lake Norman. And that was what, like three months ago or no, two weeks ago? Three I weeks can't ago. Three weeks ago. At, at first, when the pandemic thing hit, things slowed down. And now they're twice as fast as they were before the pandemic in terms of day-to-day busyness. And right. I can't tell you if I, – I had to think just now. It's Thursday. And I had to think about it because I would have swore it was Monday or Tuesday. I haven't, had no idea. All right. Well, the, the, I get it. Well, the goal today is to cover um, a blog written uh, by Monica Gleesner. Gleesmer. Um, sorry, Monica. I think I screwed up your last name this time. Monica, welcome to the welcome to the uh, podcast. Yeah. Hi, all. Thanks for having me. It's Monica Grismer. No worries at all. It's very difficult. The running joke is I did not choose my last name, was born into it. But yeah, really excited to be here. I am also confused about what day it is, but um, happy to, to be on the podcast today. I am a, a little bit about me. I'm a product marketing associate at Citrix on the Citrix virtual apps and desktops, as well as Citrix hypervisor products. So all things virtualization, that's, that's my job. Well, and I think that's interesting that it's uh, part of the virtual app and desktop because at some point in a minute, we're going to talk through the history of the Citrix hypervisor and we're going to highlight the fact that it really is a, a, just a sweet spot for the CVAD, Citrix virtual app and desktop products and workspace products. Um, but Monica, you, the, the blog you wrote is from June 26th, 25th, which kind of helps us get the... Um, get the dates and, and time together. I can't believe it's, it's already middle of August almost. Right. Um, the, the blog you wrote is Citrix Hypervisor 8.2 LTSR, so long-term service release, uh, is here. And we're going to go into that, but let's, let's, let's take a walk down memory, road, memory lane real quick, and let's talk about hypervisors uh, in general and then hypervisors as they became at Citrix. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to tell the story, and then I'll let Bill uh, and yourself correct where I got it wrong, okay? Sounds great. All right. So many of us know uh, the world of virtualization or machine virtualization kind of got started with VMware in the x86 world. I, I, I remember the first time I rolled out a hypervisor in front of some of my old uh, IBM friends, and they quickly pointed out that they had that on the mainframe uh, and the Unix systems way before this. Uh, so they corrected me, which they always do. Um, but uh, x86 uh, virtualization really has its uh, origins around the guys at VMware. And uh, somewhere into that journey, 
um, some guys um, created an open source product called Zen, um, and and then a company around it or associated with it called Zen Source, uh, which took an open source project of hypervisor machine virtualization and then made it a packageable, sellable, supportable uh, product in somewhere in the UK. And that company was called Zen Source, right? Sounds correct to me. Yes. Yep, and uh, Zen Source was taken on by us, I believe, in 2007. So, been a handful of years since then. But yep, I think you you got that right. So, kudos to you. So, I'll tell a little bit about my, about my personal story here, right? So, I started rolling out uh, VMware solutions uh, in 2004 timeframe. I went to a, uh, a VMware user group meeting, and the guys from Citrix were there. And uh, that's how I got back into the Citrix world because I started having conversations with VMware and Citrix in the room together. And that got my interest uh, around the desktop and app virtualization going again. Uh, it had been a few years since I'd been touching that. And, and, and the fact that I could do both was interesting to everybody. So we, we had that conversation. And it's actually VMware is responsible for me spending all these years as a Citrix employee and a Citrix consultant and now a Citrix and VMware consultant. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of a, a funny story when you know the ins and outs. But as you pointed out, at some point, Citrix um, needed to get into the hypervisor realm as VMware started expressing interest in the desktop and app virtualization realm. And the next thing you know, Citrix acquires uh, Zen Source and at that point becomes a big contributor to the Zen open source um, community. And that product at Citrix became what we knew up until recently as Zen Server, right, Bill? That's right. And out of the gate, Citrix's goal with that is to become a competitor to VMware on the hypervisor side. Uh, at the same time, this little company called Microsoft showed up with Hyper-V. Uh, the guys at Red Hat started doing some stuff around um, KVM uh, and Zen. Actually, Red Hat was using Zen, too, at that point in time. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the space became a little more crowded. VMware was still the, the champion there, but people like Citrix and Microsoft got involved, and, and that was really a big part of our beginning phase of moving to the cloud. But um, So Citrix now has a hypervisor that for a couple years, they really wanted to become a, a head-to-head competitor with VMware. It, in many cases, especially if you were a Citrix guy, it did. Uh, but we also had the Hyper-V piece that you know Citrix has a challenge of, do we, do we put the pedal down on this, or do we rely on people like Microsoft and Red Hat, which are our partners, to let them do it? And eventually, it ends up being that it became a, a VMware world, uh, a Microsoft world, a, um, a Nutanix world with Acropolis, which is KVM-based, and Red Hat, uh, and Oracle. Um, but Citrix has kind of pulled back from being the hypervisor of, of uh, choice for the data center and really, really done a really good job of focusing on being a great hypervisor for Citrix workloads like virtual app and desktop and, and Netscaler slash ADC. Uh, and so now... Monica, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it, that's really the, the play for Citrix is to be a great hypervisor for their solutions that allows you to remove that uh, barrier to entry of the cost while still providing solutions that run very well on the other hypervisors uh, in addition to Citrix. Yes, 100%. I think you're just doing my job for me here, but <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I'd say Citrix hypervisor is still competitive in this space. We have a lot of great individuals, a great engineering team behind it, Um, but we really have found our niche in the market within the Citrix virtual apps and desktop stack. So we're really, Citrix hypervisor, we position ourselves as the preferred go-to hypervisor for all of your Citrix products. Obviously, 
you can run Citrix on top of other hypervisors and vice versa. You can run other virtualizations on top of other virtualization solutions rather on top of Citrix hypervisor, but we really are better as one cohesive unit. So um, that's really where our efforts have been and we've got some good stuff going. So I'm really excited to chat with you more about that today. Well, let's talk about a couple things real quick. So we should we could we should talk about the name real quick. Sure. So at some point it went from being called Zen Server to Citrix Hypervisor, which in theory for the layman is probably a better name for it because it, it makes sense. Uh, but a lot of us old guys still call it Zen Server. And uh, what was that about a year or two ago that Citrix renamed a bunch of products, including Zen Server? Yes. So about. Two years ago now, as you were saying at the top of the call time, really flies. Um, we changed our offerings to be, I'd say, more th- more forthcoming about exactly what the products do. So I'm sure all of you might still refer to some as Zen apps and desktop. We now switch to Citrix virtual apps, Citrix virtual apps and desktops. So a little bit behind that change was the change in the Zen server naming. So... We were Zen Server all the way up until I'd say about last year. So Zen Server 7.6 was the last Zen named release. And then when 8.0 came out um, about late 2018, early 2019, we changed to the Citrix hypervisor naming scheme. And that also changed um, a little bit of the platform. The 8.0 platform was a little bit different than the 7.x platform. So that's the story there is with that shift and a little bit of, of the platform itself, we also made the name change. So I hope that clears it up a little bit. It, it does. It, it does a lot. We, we've covered a lot here. And Bill, as a as a gentleman of a certain age, I think that's how I'm supposed to say it. You've you've lived all this. You want to chime in on some? Yeah, it's, it's funny. As you were telling talking about the VMware influence, I I remember at a synergy. Lord, I don't even know when it was. I had never heard. I'd heard of VMware, but I didn't really know what it was. And it was probably in the late '90s, I would guess, maybe early 2000s. And I went to a seminar on virtualizing ZenApp workloads that was led by someone from Citrix and someone from VMware. And I was just blown away by, by this concept where you could take a, an operating system and virtualize it on top of a, a thin layer of software on a piece of hardware. And at the end, I remember uh, just distinctly that they were giving away a copy of VMware Workstation at the end of that. And I was just dead on dying to win that. I said, I need that. I need to have this. I didn't win it. Um, ultimately, I, I bought it. But uh, the point is that once that that entered the game and then Citrix bought ZenSource, of course, I was one of the first ones to get a copy and virtualize it on a laptop that I was able to way back when it was ZenServer 4.0 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I'm a, I've got it. It's, work, it's sitting on my lab right next to me right now. I still run it. Uh, I still have a, a good fondness for it. Um, obviously, VMware is a big player in the market and we see that with a lot of our customers, but we do have a number of customers that are still running Zen server primarily for those Citrix workloads. Uh, I have a mm-hmm. project on Sunday where a customer's moving a, a, a Zen server and or Citrix hypervisor environment yep. from one data center <laughs> to another data center. So we still have customers using it actively and, and running those Citrix workloads and it, and it just chugs along. 
Yeah, it really, and, and probably the nicest thing about running the Citrix workload on the Citrix hypervisor versus all the others, if you get in a situation where you're looking for support and you need support on both aspects, you know, whoever's on the other end of that phone call for, from Citrix is on the hook for getting you that help you need on the hypervisor side and you don't get in a finger pointing, he said, yeah. she said kind of situation. Yeah. 100%. All right, Monica, as the uh, as the paid expert in this space, did we leave anything out that you'd want to cover before we jump into this uh, LTSR conversation around the Citrix hypervisor? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I really appreciate your insights and your, your knowledge on this subject as well. Um, as I said before, we really have a great, great team behind us. A lot of them are based out of Cambridge, um, England. So we have a great team working on it and they do take a lot of they spend a lot of time on the phone with the customers, making sure that we are getting exactly what they're they're needing out of the product as well. And then additionally, to Bill's point about our customers running both, kind of to give a little bit of a, a teaser here, but it's really, I think we've also become more competitive in the market from a cost perspective as well, because Citrix Hypervisor is included in every edition of Citrix virtual apps and desktops. So that has been a, a huge player in optimizing costs, especially right now for our customers that might want to make the move to Citrix Hypervisor and get just as good of a quality as the hypervisor is what they're previously using and, and save a lot more money when doing so. So I kind of wanted to, to plug that there as well before we jump into what the LTSR is. Yeah, that's great. It, it really is a, a platform that has everything plus a lot more for mm-hmm. desktop and application workloads. It, there's really not anything else you need in most cases. Okay, uh, Monica, you can see the blog that you wrote, I assume. Do you want to just kind of intro it the way you introed it in the blog and kind of cover the uh, the announcements um, for the yes. first couple of paragraphs? Really happy to. So I kind of framed this as uh, the last three years. So three years ago, we introduced our first Citrix Hypervisor LTSR. And I'm saying those letters a lot. That means long-term service release. So it's a longer-term section of our release cycles. Our Citrix virtualization customers are probably familiar with that because the Citrix virtual apps and desktops product line also has an LTSR. So going back, Zen Server 7.1 was our very first LTSR. And since that point, we've had a number of current releases throughout. And now we're introducing 8.2 LTSR, which came out, as Andy said, in late June. So all of the features from 7.1 to now are included in this long-term service release and um, really excited for our, our customers to get on it and take advantage of all of the features that have been baked in in the past three years. Um, okay. And then, Monica, what does LTSR mean just in general and specifically around the Citrix Hypervisor? Absolutely. So the long-term service release means that our customers have an extended maintenance and support life cycle. So the current releases, if you're familiar with all the numbers from 7.1, 7.2, 8.0, those are all current releases. So those have a shorter life cycle, about one year until they go end of life. That's because we release them on a more frequent cadence. 
for the LTSR, since it's released less frequent less frequently, its life cycle is for five years after its release. So in June of 2025, that's when 8.2 will reach end of life. And then additionally, you can add on an extended five years of support and maintenance past that point. So essentially, you can have the LTSR in your environment fully functioning and supported for up to 10 years, which is really big for our customers. Yeah, and that's it's an extremely big for the hypervisor piece because that's the foundation of what everything runs on. That needs to be uber stable and uber supported and not upgraded all that often until it's uh, the, the time where it needs to be. So having having that much runway, whether you need it or not, is uh, is, is a nice piece of the story. Totally agreed. Yep, hey, and our customers. Yep, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to give Bill a chance to chime in. I, Please. He's, he's got good, valid points a lot. Go ahead, Bill. Um, not always. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, you know, the, the LTSR is really a critical piece, and it's, it's really what we – 95% of the time we um, – probably more than that, we, we focus on, if we're deploying Hyper, Citrix Hypervisor, we're going to focus on the LTSR along with the companion um, Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktops release as well uh, for an on-premise work, on-premises workload. Yeah. All right, Monica, the next uh, portion of your blog talks about, you know, what's, what's new, what's, uh, what's included. Yeah, absolutely. So a great thing about our LTSR for both our virtual apps and desktops customers and the hypervisor is about predictability of the environment. So as Bill said, a lot of people implement this so they can implement it once and have some hot fixes and a few updates in there, but not have to fully upgrade super frequently. So having that predictability and having all of the features over the past three years included in this one release are really what's new and what's great about this specific release. We've added a few things in there, um, like the ability for Citrix hypervisor admins to replace the host TLS certificates. So just giving a little bit more flexibility, but as I said, not too many additional features in the LTSR. If you have been implementing some of our CRs, maybe moved to 8.0, then this shouldn't be too big of a shift for you. But um, there, I also have another blog out there to do a, a little bit of a plug here of a top 10 reasons why you should move and some more information on some of the greatest features over the past three years are in there as well. Yeah, so Monica, let's go ahead and put ourselves on the calendar to cover that one in the coming weeks as well. Sounds great. Okay. Um, all right. Well, the uh, next section of your blog talks about upgrading and, and do you, let's address that. Yes. So... 8.2 um, moves us to the latest Zen platform, and we also have the latest version of Zen Center. So Zen Center is the, we still kept the Zen name there, um, mm-hmm. but we it's the management console for you to manage all of your Citrix hypervisor workloads. So if you are a current release customer, so if you've been frequently updating, then this is your next logical step of a current release as well. So from 8.1 to 8.2. If you've been frequently updating your environment, then you will perform an update in the Citrix Hypervisor update wizard within Zen Center. But for our customers that are not on 
the current release cycle or maybe you're performing a fresh install, you will be performing an upgrade. So a little bit of a update versus upgrade verbiage there, but there is also a wizard within Zen Center to perform that full upgrade as well. Okay, so you guys have made it pretty easy to migrate machine workloads around and get the latest update or the latest upgrade. Yes. Uh, it's just a matter of following the proper um, protocol there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I highlight for a lot of people, I mean, there's not a lot of great Zen well, Citrix Hypervisor uh, consultants out there. I'll, I'll take a quick moment to plug anybody listening to this using, using Citrix Hypervisor, you know, let us know. We've got a phenomenal resource, best on the planet, I believe, at uh, Citrix Hypervisor management and upgrades and troubleshooting and, uh, I guess, quick, quick Zintegra plug. We don't do a lot of that in these podcasts, but we, we've got a great resource. And I know people struggle out there from time to time that don't have resources, and uh, we, we got one. So anything we can do to help there would be great. Um, Monica, Monica, you, um, you've done a great job covering this. You want to tell us uh, maybe things you've got coming up in addition to the blog that you just mentioned a while ago that maybe people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one small thing that I haven't covered in this that I think is important, just missed earlier on. Our customers need to be on customer success services in order to get the cumulative updates, which are more just hot fixes, bug fixes in order to also have the extended support and maintenance. So that is kind of a, a footnote there, but our customers need to be on CSS. Additionally, for our customers that are on the open source version of Citrix Hypervisor, you don't get as many features as the premium version, but we still love our our open source users out there as well, you can download Citrix Hypervisor LTSR and that will be available until the first cumulative update comes out. So for about one year or so. Um, so as far as, yep, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. Let, let's talk through that a little bit. So yeah. Citrix Hypervisor is actually free to anybody, right? Yep. If you want it to be supported and maintained from a software and a technical support perspective, that's when you buy the product from Citrix and includes the maintenance uh, cost annually to stay on customer uh, success services, right? So there's a little bit of uh, fine points there. So you can get Citrix Hypervisor for free, and that is our express version. Okay. So it's a it's a lower level version of the product, still really great, but doesn't have quite as many features as the upper level additions. And then as far as the support and maintenance, so for customers that are already Citrix virtual apps and desktops customers, you get premium hypervisor included in your payment. And then you also pay for customer success services on top of that. Um, but that can be worked out, I believe, as a bundle, but that's an additional service. For customers that, yep, go ahead. No, I was saying good. I got it. Yes. And then for individuals that want Citrix Hypervisor separate of any other Citrix product, you can most definitely do that. But you have to purchase as a standalone product and then additionally get CSS. Is that helpful? It, it is. Yeah, that clarifies yeah. it for me. Bill, any questions on that? No, I, I mean, I think you, you covered it, Monica. Really, the, if, they, if the customer has Citrix virtual apps and desktop <laughs> and the associated CSS, um, 
then they basically also get support and maintenance yep. for their Citrix hypervisor that comes bundled, if, as it were, with it. Correct. They are good yeah. to go. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you, that was the roundabout answer to your initial question. So to finally get to your your question that you started us off here. Coming up, we have a, well, actually live now, a blog out there about the top 10 reasons why you should make the move to LTSR. So we might do a, a second installment of this podcast. I'd love to, to make my way back here. Additionally, um, we've got some some new stuff coming out with Citrix Hypervisor. I really can't disclose anything at the moment to keep it really vague. But again, we've got some some great people on this product really trying to make the change to to change with the times, right? And change where people are going. So keep your eye on the blog site. Should be really excited um, in the coming, probably closer to 2021 to have some some announcements. But for now, really, really excited to have people on the LTSR. Well, that's uh, that's exciting. That's kind of a cliffhanger for us. It is, yes. Exactly. Got to have the intrigue here. Yeah. Well, Monica, we welcome you to come back uh, the minute you're ready. And it sounds like we already need to get you on the schedule for the top 10 things that you're excited about that are already in the product. So we'll, we'll work on that. I'll, I'll make that an action item as soon as we jump off here. And I appreciate you joining. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And Bill, anything, uh, anything before let, we let you go? Anything happening in your world that you want to share here? Um, no, not really. Uh, you know, just plugging along. I appreciate you joining us today, Monica. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, this has been great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input, or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at info at Zentegra.com. Please head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC. Thank you.